You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Run like a wild man. I watched you struggle and I watched you wrestle with them angels. From Auburn University, Bo Jackson. 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 Uh, the correct Jordan Hare Stadium time is 8.54 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Your digital audio device is tuned into the Orange and True podcast. Harbored by the friendly folks at college and magnolia.com. Greetings and salutations, Orange and Truthers. It is I, Drew Croson. That's at Son of Crow 2 on Twitter, but you'll find me at Son of Crow on Venmo. To one side of me, with the magic of the internet, it's Ryan S. Starrett. The S stands for showed up. Uh, Yeah, we'll go with that. The S stands like for StatCast Free Preview ran out today. <laughs> uh, to the other side of me, not here. But I think working on getting here soon is the AU chief. And uh, when he gets here, he'll be giving you that full Fort Payne ASMR that you really are on this pod for. We are we are merely vessels for. Yeah, I don't have a cup of ice in it. It tingle around right now. Yeah, Sorry. exactly. We could simulate chief being here by opening cups and pouring up water into other cups and jingling ice into the microphone, <clears throat> coughing. Um, today. On the Orange and True podcast, we will talk about Auburn's valiant win over a school from Georgia in football. We will talk about Auburn basketball. We will talk about an upcoming football game we have against the Bayou Bengals. But first, this is an Auburn soccer podcast. The first thing that happened this last weekend, Auburn soccer lost to number 16, or no, sorry, number 17, Tennessee. And as such, fell in the rankings to 16. Um, that was in double overtime. It was a 1-1 game going to double OT. And I believe Tennessee scored in like... 11 like seconds. 11, yeah, 11 seconds within the first... Yeah. <laughs> within the second overtime. Yeah. So in the in the break between the overtime periods, the uh, broadcast announcers like made it a point to say, you know, Auburn's given up uh, three goals within 30 seconds of a a whistle like starting a half or a period or whatever uh, so far this year, you know, just like the Florida state game was, was one of them. And sure enough, uh, the first possession go up the right side and, and bury a goal for the win. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And if you don't know how college overtime works in soccer, it's what they call golden goal. Formerly it's what we call sudden death. Uh, but death is sad and we don't want to think about our impending mortality. So we, now refer to it as goals and goal. And goal and goal means whoever scores first wins. And so they play two 10-minute overtime periods, and if no one scores, then it's a tie. But if anyone scores, the first team that scores wins immediately. So that 11 seconds into the second overtime game was over. Uh, Auburn has not lost to the Vol since 2012. Well, if I remember correctly, uh, fall of 2012 never actually happened, so... Yeah, that, like even that. that is a void within Auburn sports. If you think about that year, you did the you're the one who did the project of what was the best year in Auburn athletics history. Yeah, 
2012 was not it. <laughs> was it the worst year? Uh, 2008 was also pretty bad because, I mean, you're still in the valley of basketball being a nightmare. And you didn't make a bowl game in eight. And that didn't was, make a bowl game. That was a big. Yeah, I mean, it was essentially points. the same. It was zero points across the board, and uh, I don't think baseball did much of anything either of those two years either. Gosh, yeah. If you don't remember, you can probably look it up. Ryan did a project of what was the best year in Auburn sports history. He assigned a variety of points for each achievement each sport could have, and then calculated it across the board. And it took him a lot of time. And I think, spoiler alert, twenty ten was probably. The best year in Auburn history. Is that right? Uh, I want to say one of the years in the 80s actually was you had football being dominant. You had basketball with Barkley. Oh, right. Pretty good. And then that's also the uh, one of the years the, the women's team won the national title. Oh, right. That's right. You had a pretty good set through there. Um, that's one of those all-time like, could you imagine if that had happened – nowadays moments is the Auburn women's team making like, was it four straight final fours? I think, I think it was three straight, three straight, wasn't it? Three straight. Or final, maybe it, was final fours, but. it was three straight final fours and losing all three times. I didn't, and I think they won, at least lost two straight title games. Right. That is wild. That's Buffalo Bills stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, thinking of like the softball team where you know, they went to, a college World Series, a championship game, and then lost the Super Regionals the next year. Like that felt like a long, dominant run of near misses, and that's not even on the same level of what the women's basketball team did in the eighties. Right. Auburn bounced back though, and there's nothing better than a bounce back game. Well, only one thing's better than a bounce back game, and that's a bounce back game against Texas A&M Aggies. Um, Beating Texas A&M in any sport is great. Beating Texas A&M in soccer, where we just talked about last week how much talent exists in the tech, in Texas in women's soccer. Um, and to beat them 3-0, three 3-0 to nil, three nil is a shellacking. That is about as good as, as you're going to get um, in conference play. And Texas A&M had as many shots on goal in this game as Ryan and I did. It's zero shots on goal. So they got a lot of exercise, and they got to run around, probably got some fresh air, but they took zero shots on goal. Um, whereas Auburn had lots of shots, lots and lots of shots on goal, and um, just harassed the Tennessee goal, the uh, A&M goalie the entire night. Yeah, uh, shout out to Emmy Craven, who she's been kind of the, the staple in the back of the defense. Um all year she's six two just hours over everybody back there uh, especially on any kind of set piece near the goal but uh got her second goal of the season first in conference play this week and um that was from a long ways out too did you see <laughs> okay so what happened was that was uh that's called a howler because um bounced it over the, the goalie's head a howler is a mistake a massive mistake that's a, a British expression for like a terrible mistake that everyone notices immediately. Um, so it was a long kick by Aub- Auburn's player um, Craven. That she, I don't. It was a free kick. I don't think she had any concept that she was going for goal, but maybe she did because what it obviously was the uh, the goalie was way far out of her line, and Craven was it across midfield. 
I mean, it was close to midfield. I think it was on it was on the A and M side of midfield. She's got the biggest leg on the team, so typically she takes those uh, free kicks to just kind of lob them down into yeah. the offensive. And so she he she booted this one towards the goal, and the goalie was way too far out, and the ball bounced right in front of her, but too far for her to hit it, and then it bounced over her head. So she was in poor position to field this ball once it bounced, and then it bounced too high for her. So when she jumped, she couldn't hit it, and it just slowly rolled behind her into the goal. And then she, as she's running backwards to get in there, she falls. It's the classic, like, goalie's caught up in the net, the ball's on the ground. Like, it's the most embarrassing thing for this player that she'll ever experience in soccer. Like, the, the goalie allowed a goal from about 50 yards away that ended with her wrapped up in the net in the back of the back of the goal. It's pretty pretty bad. Then two straight penalty kicks. Um Auburn with a thirty with Plano's own Sidney Richards with a penalty kick goal in the thirty first minute. And then Haddock continuing her tear of goals on the year with a PK in the seventy fifth. AM was, like you said, as advertised, they were the foulingest team. <laughs> I mean these these PKs were not Gimmies. These were earned by just some pretty brutal fouls in the box. Call those uh, orcs over in England. There, there he is. The voice you're hearing is the AU chief. Spare no expense. Hello. That was a Jurassic Park reference for the few people who got that. I got um, Ryan, Jurassic Park was a movie that came out in the okay. early 90s. Got Chris Pratt in it, I know. Oh, God. Ryan probably likes <laughs> Jurassic World. Look, I like the first Jurassic World. Oh, I it's, hated it. It's pretty, it's pretty uh, good. Uh, the next Jurassic World, they've only made two, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the, the parents getting uh, a divorce uh, – was so telegraphed and they they yeah. thought they were so clever with that in that movie and I hated every second of it. It was a mean movie, like they kill that reporter with the giant thing. Like I just man, I I didn't didn't like it. I liked I did not mind Jurassic World. Jimmy Buffett's in it, which is terrific. <laughs> um, the second one though is maybe one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Which is great because we talked about the worst movie I've ever seen. Last week, how do you know? Which is far and away the worst romantic <laughs> comedy ever made, and the worst movie ever made. So I'm surprised how did this get made? Hasn't done. So uh, you know, we don't get a reputation for just. Did you? Did you see Park? Park? Uh, oh, Park is great. Which one? Jurassic Chief. Park. I saw Park. the answer no, to all I'll, these is yes. Yes, uh, I saw it in the theater. Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Yes, I saw. How did you awesome. know? In the theater. Yes, no. I saw Jurassic World one and two in the theater. I saw the first one in the theater, the Jurassic Worlds. I also have – I saw Jurassic Park 1 and 3 in the theater as well. Jurassic Park 3 is terrible. I enjoyed 3. Dude. I enjoyed it. It Dress, was you – know, it's, it's better than I, 2. I just wanted to shout out a movie of probably similar production quality to all these great you know, special effects. Uh, yeah. The Lost World special has the worst special effects um, yeah. I've ever seen in it. It airs so bad. But the, but the first, the first uh, Jurassic Park is kind of known for being uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's why we got the Star yeah. Wars prequels. Uh, Saturday night, uh, I guess probably Sunday morning at that point, I want to shout out to James Jones for recommending we watch Dirty Work. 
Oh, you watched it? <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. It was great. It's amazing. A L- little bit of frozen pizza and, uh, you know, recuperation on the couch. There you go. That sounds like college. Wait, who all watched it? Uh, I think Lydia fell asleep, but uh, Jonesy and, and Golson so and I watched it. Lindiana James, Golson, and Ryan. Great. What a group. Perfect. Frozen I'm pizza. mad. I'm mad you guys watched that without me. That's what I'm mad about. I'm mad you weren't there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> How dare you have kids and you know, responsibilities? Uh, yeah. How dare you not go to the Georgia State game? Uh, yeah, I had a birthday party to attend, and I was the maddest person at that birthday party. I can guarantee you that. Did you have to play Magic uh, Xylophone? I didn't. I okay. didn't. Um, but there was it was a bluey themed birthday party. Bluey rules. Uh, if you haven't seen Bluey, go out and watch it immediately. It's the best. What's the word um, he can't say? That it's like the Australian word for the dunny. It's like an Australian. Like slang word for the toilet, and mm. go to the dunny is. Bluey says that, and the mom's like, "Don't say that because it's kind of crass." Well, guess what? Yeah, our kid says, "Go to the dunny." <laughs> She's a cool kid. Yes, this is a blue. My wife's asking. This is a blue podcast. Yeah, we've started a yeah, blue yeah. podcast. Actually, we should. We should. <laughs> we should. Orange and bluey. Two guys. Bluey. Do you guys watch Bluey? Orange and bluey. It's great. Yeah. The main characters are orange and blue. I, it's on top, on topic. There we go. Yeah, if God wasn't an Auburn fan. Why is Bluey and Bingo orange and blue? Bingo's my favorite. Bingo is Bingo is legit. Also one of my show. faves. Yeah. Well, Dad also, is Dad's the best. Dad, Dad yeah. is the stars. Dad is the best. I like Muffin as well because yeah. he looks like my dog. Because yeah. my dog's a healer. So. Dad, the episode, the, the episode where Dad no, is just that. trying to watch cricket on television. Oh yeah, it's so good. It's so it, it's so relatable because he's trying to play with his kids, but he's also trying to convince them that they want to watch cricket yes. on television. Oh, that's it's really so good. All right, so this upcoming weekend, Auburn uh, goes to number seventeen, South Carolina, the Gamecocks. Um, I don't know what their soccer complex looks like. I don't like, like these cocks. No. Just, uh, just for uh, reference. I, I don't know what their soccer facility looks like, but if it's anything like their American football facility, it probably looks like an upside-down cockroach. Because that's what <laughs> I've always thought that uh, – is that Davis? That's not Davis Wade. What's the name of their stadium? Isn't that Davis Wade? That's Davis Wade. Davis Wade is Mississippi State. Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the other ugly team. William Bryce. William Bryce. There you go. William Bryce looks like a cockroach that's been killed. Named after a Georgia quarterback. (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) Perfect. Um, So South Carolina lost to Clemson 2-1, but that's the only time all year that the Gamecocks, the Ladycocks, have given up more than one goal. Um, mm-hmm. that's pretty nuts. And then Sunday, the Auburn Tigers keep the road trip going and play Mississippi State at Davis Wade. We're not gonna play at Davis Wade, but that would be cool, though. That would be cool. <laughs> Listen, Let soccer be a spring sport. Let soccer be a spring sport and play it in the football field. Coach well, Hoppe, the, the if pro- if problem if, is they. The sidelines in some of these stadiums are probably not. It's probably not wide enough to play a soccer game in. 
Yeah. But there's no. Isn't there's that a no story about uh, standardized about length? Where they had to take the hedges out for Olympic soccer. Yeah, that is why they took the hedges out because of Olympic soccer. Yeah, but this is not Olympic soccer. I wonder if there's a standardized length for an NCAA soccer field. Um, I'm betting there is. It seems like something the NCAA would do. Okay, but if you're listening uh, to this, Alan Green and Coach Hoppe, if the Auburn Tigers work their way into the top ten, play. The soccer iron bowl injured hair. Pump that thing up. Sell that bad boy out. Play it right before the football iron bowl. Like just ninety minutes before, just start it. I think the trouble is that field would be messed up for that uh for that iron bowl. I mean, I don't think it would be that bad. Uh okay. It's you already into the year. You also play soccer on a very different style turf. Uh, you you want it wet. You don't want your uh, the the Look, drainage in Jordan Hare may be too good to actually too good. play good soccer on it because we got we got turf grass management major. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Those true. guys will figure it out. All right, moving on. Basketball. Uh, we got some bad news today in basketball. Bruce Pearl says he doesn't think Alan Flanagan's going to return until mid December. That means. That's looking, return to training. Yeah, that's like he's not going to get his first start before Christmas. No way. No way. Yeah. I I kind of get the sense he may not get his first start until February at the earliest. Yeah. Yeah. So, just because I mean he, these these Achilles injuries they take time, especially in a sport like basketball where you're I mean that that's directly affecting your. Ability he, he didn't. He didn't completely up. rupture it. Right. It was. It was yeah, I think if he had, it would have been a full year out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In wouldn't. other Achilles news, I read that the Warriors general manager has basically said the same thing about Clay Thompson, who, injured, who, if you remember, he messed his knee up or something yep. and then came back and then tore his Achilles yep. in training first camp. Yeah, first came back. And so he's basically missed similar, two full seasons. Yeah. yeah. Similar story with you know, Mike Sorokin for the Braves, where ruptured his Achilles, came back in spring training, ruptured it again. So they're saying he's going to be like he's healthy, quote unquote, right now. But he's they're not they're not going to play him until they, he oh. said January. Like legitimately, Jesus. we're going to we're just going to wow. keep him out uh, and kind of eat like ease him back into the into the game because he hadn't played in two yeah. years. Yeah, this maybe is one of those maybe stinks now. Maybe he stinks. <laughs> Man, shoot! I bet this he's been in the gym shooting shots. Somebody long term though. So I, I would hate for them to, to rush him back. Right. Uh, he's going really to come back. If he's not ready, I don't want him ready. I don't want him back at any point. You mean Alan uh, Flanagan or Clay Thompson? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, oh, I mean both. I mean, Clay Thompson's an amazing player. Who, uh, you know, Clay Thompson's going to come back looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger because he's just been doing nothing <laughs> but upper body for two years. He's, he's also got the – I think they maxed him out recently. So he's he's set. He doesn't really need to come yeah. back if he doesn't have to. Yeah. Um, Alan Flanagan uh, is going to be looking for that NFL, or, wow, maybe NFL. Maybe. He's big enough. NBA contract. Great tight end. Uh, oh, yeah. But, yeah, he, he was a guy that he was kind of getting back in the first-round hype before mm-hmm. his injury. Right. Uh, and you talk about all the time, Crow, that NBA wants young guys. So Healthy young guys. If Flanagan was not able to go to the draft this year, that would, that would definitely hurt his you know, future potential. Um, maybe he comes back in February and for March and has a great postseason and you know, makes his way back into draft 
Uh, yeah, after like, after we win the national title, he's a uh, sure yeah. top fifty. He's a lottery pick. Yeah, I can't stop looking at Crow's dog. Everyone, yeah, just, uh, <laughs> my dog is just wonderful. passed passed out, and has been now for the better part of an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, that that is my. We let our daughter, who's three, name our dog, and her name is Seashell Rainbow. This is Seashell wow. Rainbow, the dog. Nice. Um, Shell? We call her Shell. You oh, can just call her uh, CCR. CCR. I understand Shell is SS, but CCR yeah, doesn't matter. Shell Rainbow is not CCR. It's called but green. it sounds like it. <laughs> hey, Seashell really fast. I'm like, CCR. It's like, Ryan, do you know how to spell Seashell? <laughs> um, so the big recruiting news. Well, okay, let's talk about this. He has claimed, he being Bruce Pearl, has claimed that Devin Cambridge and Chris Moore are stepping up to fill this role. I I think that's not what's going to. I think what's actually going to happen is we're going to see a lot of Jalen Williams. <laughs> I think. Yeah, if if Bland's out for this extended period of time, and we've talked about this before, if he's out until February, March, whatever, I think it makes sense to go ahead and transition Jabari to the three and have right. Jalen on the four, twenty-four. He's. Yeah. I mean, Jalen is one of your five best players. And there's any doubt about that. Um. When the, uh, the front court was more crowded, you know, maybe you say you bring him off the bench as a still get 20 minutes a game kind of guy. But at, at this point, I, I think you need to start him at the four. I think even in the roster they got released, he is just listed as a forward, not a center. And Walker Kessler was listed as a forward and a center. Mm-hmm. So there, there could be some interesting lineups there if you have uh, Kessler plants at four. Is it bad that I'm still holding out hope that this is this is the year? Stretch Akinbola is really comfortable in this new offense. Is this yeah? Focused and having fun. He's focused. He's having fun. I mean, it's pretty. He's seemed pretty focused, and he's always having fun. So. I just I want him to take the Horace Spencer mantle mm. and pull it on, put it on it, fully. It's just energy, energy man. Don't be worried about your fouls. Just come in. He needs put some people around, swat some basketballs. I want take him an to, three. I want him averaging 10, 10 minutes, five points, three rebounds, two blocks, four fouls. That's my <laughs> that's my dream. He comes in and is just swatting everybody and everything he sees. I mean, we were. He really. He was very good defensively last year, and I, I'd like to see that continue. He is good um, defensively. Yeah. Well, and we'd be remiss if we talk about all of our centers except for Dylan Cardwell, uh, who might be the reason we won the football game this week. Dylan Cardwell yeah. football yet, but uh, you didn't see it. Dylan Cardwell, right around the time of the block punt, I can't remember if it was right before, or right after. No, it was right after is this the scooping. Scoop right and, after. Well, not really a scoop and score, but scoop and score, we'll call it. Yep. But uh, yeah, Dylan Cardwell in the student section on the Jumbotron. No shirt, just getting down to the music and uh, really brought the crowd alive there. Um, I wonder what, what song were they playing? We still haven't seen him play in the jungle yet. I'm very excited for that. <laughs> what song were they playing? Does he might have any idea? I can't. Right? It, was, it was something that uh, Ben Brood was throwing together. I don't know. You think it was a song that maybe like the alumni knew? Or cared about? Doubt, doubtful. Hmm. Thought they played "Whoop." There it is. Oh, was perfect. that it? I, yeah. Oh my God! So maybe, really? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. What? You didn't know that it was "Whoop." There it is. I, didn't I don't. Know. I didn't remember. I knew they had oh. played that during oh. the game, but 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I was going to make a joke that when you said maybe the song that alumni wouldn't know, uh, I'm an alumni, and the joke is that maybe the young alumni don't. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. No, I, because uh, I was sent a video by uh, one uh, Jeremy Golson uh, of said uh, – I could not tell it was Dylan Cardwell on the screen in the video, but they were playing – there it is. And then later I saw the video, uh, and I was like, oh, that's what it was. That's obviously inspired by the – Scoop. There scoop, it is. there it is. That's exactly what it yeah. was. Uh, Chocolate chip cookie dough. It's all, Oop, it's all coming together is. for Ryan. Apparently, Ryan was just a completely chaka obliterated. Chaka laka, chaka laka. Not, not at the game. Oh, not okay. Guys, that is the best terrible commercial on TV right now. My, my wife, my wife loves that commercial. It's so much better than the because, like, okay, whoever runs the Applebee's ad campaign should watch that and go, "Oh, that's what a good one looks like." You can do dumb songs, but you can't do that dumb song. You can do, whoop, there it is. Yeah. And you have the actual artists. Not like. Yeah, that, that was funny. Yeah. The parking team tag from team. some mega it's, church. It's, they're, they're, it was a uh, rap group called Tag Team, Ryan. Um, they had a hit called Whoop, There It Is. There was another one, but uh, I was always jealous of all the kids uh, that knew all the words to it. I never knew all oh, the words to it. I know every single word to that song. Yeah, yeah, so. What year did this song come out? Whoop, there it is. Uh, 1994, yeah. I believe. I think that's in the song. Or 93. It was uh, either 93 or 94. Yeah, it says released May of 93. Yeah, there we go. Oh, I'm thinking uh, of, in the Tootsie Roll, he shouts out the year 1994. But you're right. They were on the same jock jams. That's right. But in uh, Whoop, there it is. It is tag team back again. Check and correct and let's begin. Oh, yeah. Party on. Party people, let me hear some noise. Beep, beep in the house. We jump for joy. This is Ryan. And we've established the Chief is, is jealous of uh, Crow yeah, now. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, There's I, a party I, over I, here. I, party over there. I know a lot of the words. Throw your hands in the air. Shake your no, dairy here. I didn't back then. <laughs> these three words. Was it these three words going to get you moving? Whoop, there it is. Hit me. Whoop, there it is. Ryan, back in the day, rap music could just be fun. Yeah. Yeah, it this, could was have, pre, this was pre-gangster rap really taking over. It didn't have to mean anything. Uh, and, and, and gangster rap's not really a thing anymore. Uh, so no, Everybody's too serious now. But but he was just, back then, it was just like putting your hands in the air. It was like, they'd be well, now, the whole now song. Now it's all like uh, taking acid and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's really, it's, anyway. We did a whole song just about like this. Putting your hands yeah. up and being happy. Uh, Three and a half minutes long. Also, uh, about uh, like a Congo-like uh, train by the Quad City DJs. Oh, come on, ride the train and come ride on, it. Ride the train and ride it. <laughs> this is all come Jock on. Jams one in the Space Jam soundtrack. Uh, we are solidly in our uh, guys in their mid thirties segment right now. All right, let's go take a quick break. Do you not know that song? <laughs> I'm just letting you guys go. Right Surely now. they played that at the Skate Center. Right. Okay, uh, never been to a skate center. But... Oh my god! Never. <laughs> Wait, never you've roller never skating? been roller skating? I my brother had roller skates that I was allowed to use at one point. My like, sister's younger like, than you. She's been to a skate rink. Your sister's from Fort Payne, Alabama. Yeah, That's true. Well, I wasn't gonna say it, but um, all right, Nick Smith, the combo guard, five stars, uh, is committing on Wednesday. So that's the, that's tomorrow. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, 
He most likely, many people think, will be going to the Hogs. But you never know with Bruce, and you never know with kids from Arkansas, especially with the Flanagan coach, Pipeline. Um, he's from Little Rock. Yeah, at one point he was talking about going to uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff. I don't. I think wish he would have. Realistically <laughs> on the table anymore, but um, he, he had them in his top four, I think. Yeah, he did. I think that he I, should. That was, that, was, that was a courtesy. That was a courtesy. Pro- probably. But, you know, Who was it? Was it so, Bolt? So, no, it was Maker Maker. Maker Maker went to mm-hmm. Howard. Howard, yeah. That's, I think that's going to be. I think that I think he thought that was going to be a thing. Well, it, it's one of several times that there's been a, like a small group of that have tried to organize to make that a thing, and mm-hmm. it just never, never pans out because the money's not there. Is is basically. Uh, you, oh, you're saying you have, the extracurriculars aren't there? Well, <laughs> who's the basketball equivalent of Deion Sanders going to Jackson State? Though, I mean. If you had a name like that, you might be able to, to pull it off. Nah. Like if Jamal Mashburn went and started coaching. I don't no, but, but I mean, who's who's grambling. the basketball version of Deion Sanders? Um, I mean, J.R. Smith is playing yeah. golf yeah. at oh, HBCU yeah. currently. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's true. I forgot about that. Uh, Steve Kerr? I don't know. <laughs> what? I'm the, trying to think of a guy that's like uh, good at his position. Hey, hey, well, Not the greatest to ever was, play the game, so... Yeah, At but one he point was, was the flash. Arguably, the, the, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, is it like if Allen Iverson became a coach? There's a good one. If if AI if AI decided he was going to be the head coach, he's going to go coach at one of the schools in Philly, Georgetown. Well, he almost Georgetown. he almost went to Howard. Interesting. So that would be because it was on that when he got arrested, recommending the thirty for thirty on Allen Iverson. By That's the good way. One. But when he got arrested, all of his D1 offers got pulled, and he was going to end up having to go to Howard. And then John Thompson came in and said he can come to Georgetown. But Georgetown didn't have a football program at that time, so he could only play football, only play basketball. Yeah. Which, because he really wanted to do both. He was a, he was a, uh, I believe, also a five-star football or four-star. He four was an star unbelievable was he, quarterback. He was great. He was, he was, was undersized. He right after Michael Vick? Right like before. Right before, okay. So he set all the records that Vic broke in high school in yeah. the same area. But everyone, the lot, everyone, a lot of people who watched recruiting back then said that Iverson was the better high school quarterback. Because he also returned punts and played safety. Yeah. He was just, this, he's just, he was just better than everybody at sports. Um, the dude, uh, the dude did not practice. Uh, I'm sure he did not and, do a lot of football practice. And either. he was very good at uh, at basketball. So, all right, quick break, and then we'll come back and talk football. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back 30 minutes and 19 seconds into this one. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit Georgia State game. Um, full confession, I did not watch 
one minute of this game on television. I listened to a bit, a bit of it, a lot of it actually, on the radio. Shout out to Andy Bertram and the Auburn app. Um, I also listened to quite a bit of it on, on the radio. I had it on TV, but we were we were getting ready for a birthday party, and I thought, oh, I won't really have to pay that close attention to this game. Um, and boy, was Turns I out you did need to pay attention to it. Well, it's true. It, it, <laughs> From the very beginning, you could tell like Andy and Stan were kind of like, "What's going on?" Like, like they weren't yeah. they weren't like <laughs> coming out and saying it, but it was like, "What is happening? What's going on right now?" Like, this is really yeah. confusing. They they both seemed very confused pretty much the whole game. I stopped listening to them sometime in the third quarter after I um, after the party was underway, and I just uh, stood in the kitchen and watched on, on my TV. Um, surrounded by Alabama fans and a Penn State fan, so that was fun. Random Penn State fan. It's my future brother-in-law. Especially the first half, it almost felt like uh, an A-Day game where it was like the game plan doesn't matter; they're just trying things and it's yeah. not working. But we're learning. We're learning about it. Though. There was no That's game. Like, there was no like game plan. Not trying to win the game. We're just you know we're playing football right. Now. That's it. And I want to know if they were just running base on defense. Uh, I mean, they weren't doing anything crazy. There wasn't a lot of blitzes in the first half or anything, but the run fits were were bad. I mean, you're, you're out your top two linebackers is somewhat understandable. Um, but I also kind of get the sense that they really didn't prepare for the option that much because I mean, Colby wouldn't said it in the middle of the week that he hadn't played an option team since high school. And it's, it seemed like it was a, a new thing for the whole defense. Yeah. Takes I, a lot of, I think uh, we should never play another one. As they say. Yeah. And it's not like this is a triple or anything like that. I mean, it was no. read option, a little bit of speed option to the outside. Um, and they, we talked about it a little bit last week. They made a quarterback change against Charlotte to, to bring in the guy that was the dual threat quarterback. Um, and credit to them, they, they made the right reads, they executed well. Um, if their running back had any semblance of speed, he would have put up 250 yards in the first half and three touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, he had multiple just wide open, nobody in front of him. Think he's gonna, you know, house it and just gets run down from behind for you know, only a 40 yard gain or something like that, but um. Yeah, former walk-on Tucker Gregg. Shout out to him. Also an Arby's running back, like Sean Chivers. Getting their money's worth from him. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and he had so his final line. Tucker Gregg was was twelve carries for one hundred fifty yards and a touchdown. I think he had like six carries for one hundred and forty yards in the first half. Um, so they, they really you know, shut it down. Uh, time, especially with Jacoby back. Yeah, I think, um, okay, one of two things has to be true. Either one, Jacoby McLean is the greatest player in Auburn history on defense. <laughs> because we went from minus 24 without him to zero in the second half. Or yeah. running, apparently, according to Derek Mason, the exact same defense. Nothing changed except we added a different guy at that one position. Well, it, he is the guy. He was the guy that 
without Owen there, he's the guy that runs that defense. And so without the second him in thing there, would be that on the field they peeled anyway. the paint off the wall in the locker room, maybe including Jacob McLean, and the guys on defense decided, oh, we should probably play or we're going to lose this game. Yeah. I think uh, that second one, especially uh, Zacoby being upset about the performance, was probably pretty true. Uh, he, he was pretty pissed as well as everybody else about not getting to play in the first half. And uh, he came out ready to hit. I mean, on the outside, on the inside, quarterback, running back, he was just – he was ready. I mean, the, the um, worst – the thing that is most indicative of the way the defense played was the first touchdown was completely – Un, like he was unmarked. He was wide open in the end zone. Mm-hmm. And then the touchdown run by the walk-on starts, running back that was also well, just a starting bust. To be a, starting to be a uh, hallmark of this defense is uh, a wide open dude just in the end wide zone. Wide open. So I don't know if it translated uh, over the radio or on TV, but you could definitely tell in the same. I think people that were at the Penn State game did the same thing. The defense isn't getting the calls in. Right. Right before the snap, I mean, it looks like the Gus Malzahn offense, where they they hurry up, wait, look over to the sideline, adjust a little bit, look over again. I mean, there's play after play where these guys are not lined up, and you know whether it was a Kobe in the second half lining them up or or Chandler Whitman in the first half, um, it, it, it they didn't know what they were doing, and I don't know if that's because they didn't know the plays because they're too complex. Or if it's just they're not getting the plays from the sideline until too late. Yeah, what, something's uh, being lost in translation there. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, well, you think that oh, it would have uh, been closer to being solved between last week and this week? Like you uh, would think. Yeah. This week was uh, probably their week. They thought they were going to figure it out and use a game as a test, and it did they not didn't. work. Yeah. So the, if anything, that's what I'm worried about on the defense. I'm not worried about. You know, a former walk-on running back going for six for 150. This team's shown they can shut down a good running game uh, that they did at the Penn State. I think that's more of a fluke than anything. But the the lapses in coverage because of yeah. a lot of issues are what worry me. Yeah. And when you see a formation you're not ready for, like what Penn State was doing, the, the tight end walks free. Yeah. What was the name of the Arkansas running back that ran all over Auburn that one time, Chief? Uh, I should know this because he's a long, he's a Longview Lobo. He's a Longview Texas yeah. zone. Tally. That's right, Fred Tally. Fred Tally. Yeah, yeah. That was Is there a reason for asking that, because that's what this reminded me of. Nobody oh, okay. expected Fred Tally to run all over Auburn in no, the 2003 no, I mean, Arkansas game. He absolutely crushed us, though, and I wanted to die. I believe he had like 200 yards rushing or something. Oh God, it's awful. And, uh, it was awful, yeah. dude. It was so bad, Ryan. Be glad that you were not uh, that is that plugged in at that point. It yeah. was and that was I, was I was out there hungover, and it was it was not great. And that was Fred Talley, who had waited for I think it was his redshirt senior season to be the mm-hmm. starter mm-hmm. after leading them Lobos to back to back losses in the state championship game. And he finally got his chance against Auburn at <laughs> 200 yards rushing. It's like his first start. It was so bad. All right. Uh, speaking of all awesome running backs, Tank Bigsby 
that was the most disconcerting thing to me too was that he was basically pedestrian because of Georgia yeah. State put eight in the box and then Auburn didn't check out or like, it was like no it, push and no nothing. Push. Well, I mean, like if you got if they got eight in the box, you would think Bo could also say, "Hey, let's check to a play action pass here." But instead, it was like, yeah, "No, we're I, just going to run into the teeth of this defense over and over and over again." I don't. I do not think he has the uh, uh, freedom to do that. I think that's that's what that's about. Like, if it's a run play, it's a run play. He claims he does. Uh, that was his big thing. Was he claimed he, would, he could he change would, the plays? He wouldn't be allowed to run, though. Uh, you know, I, I can't remember who made the point Saturday, but it's you know, with these athletic quarterbacks. Yes, it makes sense early in the season protect the guy. You know, you don't want him getting hurt early. But at a certain point, his career's gone, and you never took advantage of his athleticism. Right, right. That was Justin Lee. Was it? Yeah. You know, it was he made the point, point was okay. So Bo Nix is basically going to have his entire Auburn career go through without ever anyone taking advantage of the fact that he can actually run. Yeah. We did it one game. Yeah. And it worked. Now, we're never going back to that offense, but you can let him do a little more. Like, I mean, you, you can got... you can tell in this game he had been coached all all offseason that he was not allowed to run the ball. Yeah. I mean, how many times did the pocket, you know, the rush got behind him and nobody was standing in front of him and he still tried to scramble and, and make a pass instead of just tucking it and picking up 8, 10 yards? Right. Um, it's... It's frustrating because we know he can do <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, my dog, dog Seashell Rainbow, just fell off the couch. <laughs> Chief's dad <laughs> laughing. Sorry, it was, that was perfect. <laughs> she's good, right? Yeah, she's fine. She's just an idiot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. No, Ryan's right. Like, I don't know what I was saying. No, Bo uh, wasn't running. He didn't run against Penn State. I, I was actually yeah. frustrated in the Penn State game that he didn't take off running a couple of times. And I don't know if it's coaching or if it's like spite. If he's like, "Look, I'm going to show these these guys I can throw this thing." No, I, I think coaching. if it were up to Bo, he would be running. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I think I think they spent all spring, all summer, yeah, getting him out of that mindset. Yeah, because uh, I mean, his first instinct, because he doesn't have any protection, is uh, first read's not there. I got to go. Yeah, I got to go. I got to go, or this is going to be a sack, and we're going to lose yards. Well, we saw we saw in the Akron game that. When he ha- when there is no pass rush, yeah, I mean he he is more comfortable now throwing in a clean pocket, right, right. Well, he stood uh, in there, and he, and he, and he I mean he's still he was still standing in there in, in the Penn State game way more than he would have um, before. They weren't putting a ton of pressure, but he was still standing there in the pocket, right. Um, All right, well, we talked about he was so he was pulled, yeah, in the third. We haven't talked about this yet. And he had, I mean, I I was in our slack clamoring for him to get pulled because it was, there was no, there's no benefit to leaving him in the game at this point. And uh, I, I'm with, I'm with nerd as well. Like we, we know where that was going to go. Like yeah. it, it, he's just going to keep yeah. pressing, trying harder and harder to make something happen. And it's just going to spiral out of control. Like that's, yeah, I was that's definitely, I was definitely of the mindset that, you know, he was getting no help. The yeah. offensive line wasn't doing anything, wasn't setting up the run game. The receivers were not playing well, and we'll get the receivers in a minute. Um, but at a certain point, it's not working, and you got to make change. Yeah. Whether it's all his fault or it's not, 
you've got to do something to win yeah. the game. Um, and TJ Finley, he was ready. TJ Finley came in, and again, with the exact same personnel. Had about the exact same stat line. Well, <laughs> except for one touchdown, uh, which he, was. He had he a much. So lucky. He had so a lucky. better stat line than Bo, I believe. I think he was a more efficient passer than Bo. It was difficult. It'd be difficult to be worse. He was over fifty percent. I'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah. it'd be difficult to be a worse, have a worse day than Bo did. Um, he he uh, missed a, three touchdowns. Uh, he he could not hit anybody downfield at all, just like Bo. Um, yeah, there is just looking at this. He was staring everybody down. Just looking at a stat line for TJ Finley does not tell the story of of what happened there. Um, it, if that had been against SEC competition. None of the game-saving throws that he made would have happened. He would have been yeah. sacked. There was there was the third down throw to Kobe Hudson wide open going into the end zone. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, and it, it, I, I'm it looked similar to what you get from coming in cold. I'm, I'll yeah, give him the benefit true. of the doubt coming in cold first game. Um, he did make some good throws. He he was impressive in the pocket. Honestly, I, I did not expect him to be that. Uh, stood in there and moved around a little bit. If he, yeah, if he, he picked to. up a first down on the ground. He yeah. made the he made a Bo Nix pass, falling down and kind of flipping it to Kobe. At yeah. one point. <laughs> that's um, the one that I I said oh, he would have been. That's that's one of two where he was just. I think he would have just been flat out sacked if uh, if that had been against an SEC team. Sure. Because sure. I think those guys were not as fast or strong as as guys he'll face this one coming of the, week. One of the things so. that I, I heard a guy. It may have been Joel Clapp from Fox Sports on the radio. But he was talking about backup quarterbacks. He he was a quarterback at Colorado. It's about how he hates backup quarterbacks because everyone loves the backup quarterback. They do. But he's like, the starter knows the backup is not prepared to come into this game. Yeah. Because no matter what, the backup is not doing what the starter is doing. He doesn't have the pressure the starter has. He doesn't have the the burden of being the starter. He's not staying at the facility all night watching film. Jeremy Johnson, greatest backup quarterback and, ever. Yeah, and so T.J. Finley came in. There's a really good chance he had no client. He did not think at all he would get to – I mean, he probably did a well, little bit of prep for Georgia State because it was Georgia State. Yeah, because he, he probably expected to play all fourth like, quarter. He, right? was, yeah. <laughs> but he actually did play. Uh, <laughs> he probably thought he was going to come in the game and it was 41-14 and – I'm going to go in there and just do some mop-up duty. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter if I do anything. I, I right. can go out there and try some stuff. And yeah, he, he definitely tried. He did not think we are going to. I'm going to come in there and it's going to be on me to win this game. I, I'm with Ryan. I, I mean, I definitely. Um, he, he came in there cold, so I, I'm willing to say, uh, and you know, jitters. To not really. Who knows when they told him. Like, did they tell him going into halftime? Did they tell him, like, right as we're coming out of halftime? Bo got a drive. Two possessions. Yeah. 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 Like, during that first offensive possession, you saw TJ warming up. Mm -hmm. And I was confused for a moment because I didn't see him. He was standing behind, I think, Elijah Canyon, who was catching passes for him. And I only saw Grant Lloyd throwing the football and was uh, not happy about that. I've been very concerned. (laughs) (laughs) Uh yeah, there are I, two quarterbacks that should play before Grant Lloyd. Actually, three if you count Kalen Newton that should be yes. play before Grant Lloyd. I, I think uh, I, I think he. I mean, he's done everything you could possibly do to deserve uh, more of a run out um, than that. I 
don't know that he'll get it this weekend. No, and I'm I'm fully prepared for Bo to start this weekend. I don't. I wouldn't do it just because. It, like, there's, look, Bo is going to be pressing like crazy if he starts this week. Like it's going to be I, nuts. I think you. I think you have to start TJ though. I mean, I I, I agree with you. I, I know. I know you've heard people say it, but I mean, post game, the, the team. I mean, it's, I know it's not a home game, but fans responded to TJ Finley uh, in a way that they haven't been behind Bo all year. For better or fans, worse. screw no, the fans. But specific, um, specifically the specifically the team. Well, uh, it, it, part of that's got to be they just won a game that they didn't think even, that they were going to win. Even, even before that, though, even before that last possession, um, then maybe that's Dylan Cardwell and Joe Tron. Maybe that's Kobe McLean uh, lighting people up. Um, but the the offense was better with him in. I yeah. mean, I I I don't think it sets a very good example to the rest of the team if you're you're out here saying you know this is a competition, both guys need to be ready just like any other position, and then the guy that definitely played better this week isn't starting the next game. Yeah, uh, I mean that that that's a point. I just think. And your other quarterback has already told someone on the radio that he's got a hurt shoulder. Oh, well, that's true. That gives you an excuse. Um, you think Bo is going to be pressing? You think yeah. TJ Finley is well, going to be doing thing. from a mental health <laughs> standpoint? Going to I don't LSU. Know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like uh, which pick your poison here. I think is what what you're. I mean, we know what the one poison is. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, it's definitely the devil you know. Um, um, Here's another question then. If if you start Bo in this game and it doesn't go well, and say TJ Finley plays the second half, sure, still hasn't started a game for this, this team yet, has had three quarters of play against numerous opponents, uh, what do you do against Georgia next week? I mean, if we win, you want that to be his first start? Yeah, it's at home. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I'm not as scared of this Georgia team as you guys are. Just, to, just I'm not as scared frankly. as their offense. I'm scared of their defense. Well, There's, this Georgia it team matter, is this Georgia team is maniacal on defense. <laughs> like um, their defensive numbers are just absolutely well brutalizing. I think what that does for you is it forces that Georgia team to have to prepare for two quarterbacks. Right. What did somebody? The um, best tweet I've seen so far this year in college football was somebody comparing Georgia's defense to being in a very crowded dog park and throwing a tennis ball in the middle of the field. Like that's what it looks like. It's just a constant swarm of wherever the ball is. I, it that is. I mean that. What'd you say? It's like a six-year-old soccer game. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean that. Uh, I guess that does have to play into your thinking, but somehow I don't think that will play into Brian Harson's thinking at all. I think he's thinking about this one game. Has um, Bo Nix ever beaten Georgia? No. Okay, I thought I thought so. he's <laughs> over three. Uh, uh, well, over two. That's right, over two. Um. And he has beaten LSU. Um, He's beaten Alabama. So is TJ Finley. That's true. TJ Finley's beaten LSU. 
See, I think that's the other thing you have to, to, to think about. Uh, uh, okay, there's a reason that TJ Finley could not win two different jobs. There's, uh, uh, he got beaten out for two different jobs. Yeah, the um, first one is because the coach picked the wrong guy. And the second one is because uh, is his it, last name is not Nick's. Is it because are, are you are you TJ Finley's agent? Like, what is this? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. Because the coach, because uh, Coach O picked the guy. Well, I guess that's not true. The guy that Coach O picked got hurt, but the guy that is well, there now is terrible. He's got well, a great name. Though. He, he did pick all three of them last year. That's yeah, like, he did pick all three of them true. at some point last year. They all played. But then he went with the uh, the guy with the best name. I guess is. Is what he uh, decided yeah. to do. Max Johnson, Johnson, right? Is that is that his? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Uh, I, if Bo Nix's name was Bo Smith, Bo. I don't know if he's at Auburn, much less the starting quarterback at Auburn currently. Well, I, but Brian Harson doesn't care about any of that. I know, but so. Brian Harson came in and said, "This guy's the starting quarterback, and he was a five star. I know him. I'm giving him his first chance." I don't think he cares. If if TJ had been the best guy in camp, he would have been. He would have started. I, yeah. I, I honestly think that. And I think if TJ had been at spring camp, he probably would have started. I don't. You're, you're like bigging up this guy that is not. Uh, if you'd seen him, no, dude, I'm just down on the other guy. I'm no. not super up on one. I, and I don't. I don't know if Ryan could see it in the stadium. Finley didn't ever look off his man ever, not once, uh, except when he had to scramble. And he's going to get picked he off. He's going to get turned his entire back to the, the receivers. <laughs> yes. Yes, the you didn't have you uh, gone back and watched highlights? Correct? Yeah, no? yeah, yeah. Okay, that that was the most I'm a professional podcaster. Of course, I was the most lucky the uh, uh, thing I've ever seen in my life because he rolls the wrong way. Like that's not the way. That's not the direction you want to spin if you're trying to get away. He rolls right into them and somehow rolls over them and comes out and is able to get that throw off across field to the other end. Uh, it, yeah, that was pretty wild. Um, it's the Heisman moment. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, <laughs> on current evidence, I'm calling that lucky. Now, if he were to do that a, a bunch of different times, maybe I believe that, oh, he's just that good. Um, if he goes and beats LSU in Baton Rouge, uh, he's got, I he, mean, he's the star. He can start until he graduates. I don't care. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He can throw 8,000 picks the rest of the year. If he can go do that, that'd be great. Um, he can throw five picks against LSU, and as long as we win, he's a starter. <laughs> True. I think if he throws three, he's probably getting pulled. He reminds uh, me a bit of, um, oh my gosh, the Cowboys just went for it on fourth and Dak goal. Dak Prescott, I agree. He's yeah. just like that. The, the Cowboys I, just went for it on fourth and goal from the Philadelphia two and got it on a pass. And, uh, did they throw it to no, no, Cedric Wilson, unfortunately yeah. for you. And now they're up thirty-four to fourteen on the Eagles. The Eagles the, are the thing with Finley. Rash. The thing with Finley is people see him and they immediately think of Cam Newton because of how big he is. They I, should that's think all of this, Jeremy Johnson because he look. he looks a lot more like Jeremy Johnson in uh, terms yeah. of physical build and and and, and style. Because Jeremy style. was not a not a uh, runner. Um, he did have a running and, touchdown against Alabama though, which was it's true. hilarious. He had a big long run against LSU uh, as well. That's true. Uh, um. I I saw a lot of things to be concerned with in that performance, despite us winning. Um, and I, I I would advise everyone to pump the brakes. Maybe he's the starter. Maybe we win some games because he becomes the starter. That, you know, I that would be a okay with me. 
Um, but I just, the, considering the competition we were playing and the things he was doing, uh, like like I mentioned, staring, just never, not once looking away from exactly where he was throwing from the beginning of the play till he threw it. And um, the overthrows are, I mean, that's a wash. Um, and and uh, look, if they the, would let, if if Bo running was part of the game plan, I would say Bo starts, go for it. Yeah, that gets you best chance to win. But if it's if it's just pocket pass or Bo versus pocket pass for TJ Finley, I, I I think I take Bo because I think Bo's going to at least take the initiative to try to not get sacked or get rid of the ball. I think TJ Finley's going to get sacked. I think that yeah. I think that's the difference between the two. Um, and I know he didn't in this game, right? But those guys are not even close to the level of competition that he's going to be playing against. And that should, that concerns me because our offensive line was getting blown up there. At the end of LSU's the game. defense might not be better, though. LSU's defense is pretty bad. I still don't understand the, the difference in the play of almost every position group at Penn State versus right. at home against Georgia State. Like, it's, it's just most- something – you can't have both. Wins by six touchdowns. Like, oh, yeah. What's right. going on? So, like, it it has to be somewhere in the middle. I mean, I, I'm not going to say this is a, you know, a top 10, top 15 team like we thought they might be sure. in the first half against Penn State. But they're not They're not a you know, almost lose to a Sun Belt team either. Like, right. They're, they're, they're a back of the top 25. Um, there's, there is star talent on this team at multiple positions. That can beat SEC teams. I think that the seven and five we talked about preseason is still the most likely outcome. Uh, I also think but, that yeah. I also think that if they get it together, especially at wide receiver, which we found out after they fired Corn Williams, that there were certain plays in which only ten guys were on the field. Oh, God. <laughs> they can get if we can play eleven on eleven on offense. Maybe we'll be a lot better. There, there is a little bit of that that doesn't add up. Uh, Some of that was special teams, by the way. What? Yeah, some, some of, of that was special teams, by the way. The, uh, uh, some of it doesn't add, quite add up mm-hmm. because it, it, some evidence indicates there was uh, some changes made at halftime of that game, uh, mainly the guys that got to play a lot more snaps in the second half Yeah, um, and were productive. Uh, and uh, several of the clips I saw of us only having 10 men on the field was also from the second half because C.J. Finley's in a quarterback. So um, oh, I think the uh, receiver coaches in charge of substitutions of receivers. Right. But what I'm saying is, is the, the implication is that uh, things may have been taken out of that guy's hands at halftime of that game. Because as indicated by the different personnel we saw in the second half, uh, I was, I, I always thought of that was more of a Harson basically saying that wasn't working. We're trying new guys to everybody, yeah. which is how we ended up with less tank. We ended up with a new quarterback. Well, tank, we got, pulled with, he, tank got pulled after he uh, yeah. fumbled that ball. I mean, one of the, we can talk about this for just a little bit. We're, getting, we're coming up against it. But, like, one of the things that I like about Coach Harson is the fact that he was like, if it's not working, we're going to do something else. Yeah, we're not going to just something. run inside zone a hundred times in a row after – it didn't work the first hundred times. I mean, I loved, I liked Gus a lot. Gus had a tendency to just keep running the same play until it finally worked. 
and I don't think yeah. Harson has that in him at all. I, Harson's yeah. more of the guy who's like, if the play didn't work, he might we might never see that formation again. <laughs> like I feel like that's more of his mo. I, yeah, well, I don't, I don't even think I don't think it's that. I, actually, to me, that seems like a Gus thing, especially personnel. If a guy fumbled a football, well, that's true. If he fumbled, he was in the lockout for the rest of his life. I, I feel like Harson's like. Him by now. Yeah. I think Harson's like, uh, okay, we're gonna try something different for for now, for a second here. Um, but Tank, you sit over here and think about that. You're not gonna be in timeout forever, but you're gonna be in timeout for a few series here. Um, well, and really, it was. I mean, those were the last two possessions of the game where he fumbled, and then Auburn got the ball back, and yeah. came down. Right. Um, um, I think that Gus, Gus does not sub Bo Nix out of this game. Oh, for yeah. sure not. Um, we, and I think Auburn yeah. loses this game. Yeah, probably. And there's a case to be made that Auburn runs the ball on fourth and two against Penn State with Gus as the coach. And then loses this game? And then loses this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, it, it, see <laughs> – you have to factor in. Does Gus have uh, the that big of a Jekyll and Hyde moment between those two games, though? I don't that, know. I, I don't think so. I think Gus wins this doesn't. game by two touchdowns easily. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's just a weird. And then, and then we lose by twenty one at LSU. But. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> after being up by twenty one. Right. Sure. Uh, Lord have mercy. In the third quarter. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, all I really know about the wide receivers at this point is that Kobe Hudson's the guy. Yeah. Uh, he's been fantastic. Literally, aside from the fumble, he's been fantastic. Canyon, rest- Canyon looked really good uh, in the last uh, few drives. Had the, he had the uh, two-point conversion as well, right? Yeah. Um, he got more of a role later in the game. Uh, we saw some more Xavier Capers, Malcolm Johnson Jr. So his secret uh, suspension I wouldn't was be surprised over. if yeah. say what? Canyon was like was like on double secret probation until this game, and all of a sudden his suspension was lifted in the second half. Well, uh, <laughs> he's been for be three three and a half games. I guess. Uh, apparently, it, it it seems like maybe the previous wide receivers coach didn't like these young, these younger guys for some reason. I mean, it, you can't like I, I don't get it. I ne- I do not understand how Canyon did not play for three and a half games. Or capers. Or capers. Like three and a half games. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it. I think we all kind of felt like capers, Canyon, and uh, uh, Hudson are your like starting wide receivers with Robertson. If you and, had asked me in January, <laughs> who were the starting three receivers for next year? That's what I would have said. I didn't know because we didn't have Robertson yet. Yeah. And I would have said, oh yeah, those three, easy. Did, so going to Robertson, did they announce him as injured this I, game? I, I never I saw an announcement. But I don't know where I haven't seen a word about it. It's interesting. Um, he didn't well, play. I mean, so I assume he's healthy. He didn't, play. He, didn't, he didn't dress. He wasn't there. Number zero. Yeah, didn't play at all. Yeah. He was oh. not at this game. Or if he, he may have been on the sideline, but he was not in pads, ready to play. Um, but I haven't heard anybody uh, report on it, so I don't, I don't know yeah, what's going on. I don't, I don't know yeah, I did not. I didn't even notice that. Obviously, I like yeah. him. Yeah, he's he's a good piece. He's uh, a possession he's receiver. Guys. Yeah, yeah. He's um, a he's he's the guy that you have to have with a with a quarterback like T.J. Finley. You've got to have Nix. A, or Bo Nix. You've got to have a guy that you can just go. Oh crap! Okay, here you go. 
you're three He's, yards from the last game. That, that this year has been from the last couple years. That yeah. this year has been John Samuel Shanker, the yeah, assassin. Just about our number two receiver. Um, yeah, Shanker's been solid. Uh, may have been gifted one catch later in the game, but mm, you know. yeah, yep, well, yeah. absolutely was. Uh, when, look, when had, you're uh, when you got a paycheck game, you pay for the rest too, right? Exactly. Look, John Samuel Shinkerheimer Smith is cleanup hitting every bad possession. He really has been like that guy. And it is, I think so. I think it was Josh Black at the Slack who was like, how does this guy have this much talent at this position and not yeah. have gotten the ball? He's got to have gotten the ball more times this season than tight ends have got the ball in the previous three. He he was a bit he of was a he was a bit of a safety. He was already as a, a little bit of a safety valve for for Bo last year. He he did like to throw to Shanker once a game. It felt like last year for, for but three it, yards. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he hit him. There was one like long play to him last year. It was probably a wheel route. Um, Undefeated. but but now this year, I mean, he's. He's the only guy out there that I'm like, well, if you throw it to him, he's probably going to catch it, as long as it's not over his head. He's a big dude, so it's hard to go over his head. Well, um, it's it's let's happened see. already. He, I know if Crow shocked. So in from 2018 to 2020, he had 15 catches for two touchdowns and 160 yards or so. This year he has... 13 catches, 134 yards. Yeah. <laughs> He's basically matched his career production this year. Yeah. All right, so let's talk uh, about LSU, guys. First things first. That is I'm a, going. Oh, nice. Going. That's the most is important. It, is this your first uh, trip to first the, room, the Red Stick? Yep. Yep. Enjoy it. I, I hope for you to be flipped off uh, by a young child and cursed at a million times because that <laughs> I, did not happen to I me, and I was mad about it. I expect nothing less. I, I am excited for it. Go yeah. find I, the. I've got I've got LSU family, so like I, I'm not going to see anything I haven't seen before. Go find the end of Valley Shook. Tell yeah, yeah. Tell those guys we, we went back. back. Um, um, the game is I, at I, eight o'clock p.m. Before we do anything oh, else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This game, sure everybody knows that. This game kicks off at cent- 8 o'clock Central. Um, Still haven't heard another podcast mention that before. No, no one else has talked about it yet. And just let them know. We need to give out channel info, too, because I don't ever hear that anywhere else other than on the College of Mag site. You can find all this information at College of Mag. Yeah, is that game – this is the thing. I don't really know if I know the answer to that game. Is that the ESPN? That's Big ESPN, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah, that's 8 o'clock p.m., Big ESPN. That is – Formerly Channel 18 on Longview Cable News. No no longer the case. I don't know what... It used to be the Maction slot, right? Yeah, why are we playing at 8 o'clock at night? Kickoff at Central? Like, this is not Pac-12 after dark. This game will end after midnight Eastern, guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. is is the Pac-12 taking... Uh, Midnight Eastern, definitely. This is a 9 p.m. Eastern kickoff. Yeah, this game will end after midnight Central, most likely. This 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 game will be kicking off the fourth quarter at midnight Eastern. Man... Like, do they? Do people? Does ESPN not realize that like Atlanta is where most of the alumni in the SEC live, <laughs> who will be watching this game? Like, not me. They don't care. They don't care, brother. They, they don't, don't care. care. They don't care. They just gotta uh, put. They just gotta put content out there. This is content. It um, it's it's gonna be late. I'll be awake. It, it'll be fine. It's just uh, 
I'll have to make sure I don't wake my family up because I, I can't go watch it anywhere. Everyone I know is going to the game. So uh, I'll just so be this, here at the this house. This will air after Florida at Kentucky at 5 p.m. Central. You just got to go to so. Baumhauer's, Chief. Bob's. I, I, I've watched a few games there and we've lost all of them. So I'm no. surprised you don't call it Boomhauer's and only order like Boomhauer. And Boomhauer's. <laughs> I call it Bob's because it was it, that's it was, what it was called yeah right. and because they wanted to stealth in a bomb hours here right you, and uh, you should just go in there and start ordering like man do what I'm dang on dang on buffalo wings man dang Bud Light man uh, Ryan uh, Bob Baumhauer was a uh, Alabama football player who opened a chain of restaurants called wings and now he's a chef and he has all these he's a restaurateur i don't know about wings being any good it's fine but the they're all called they're all called bombhowers now too they they all swap their name bombhowers is good i like bombhowers i like i like bob's get the pizza oven wings they're amazing the pizza Uh, wings are amazing i have a coal fire pizza oven there and it is uh, delicious i haven't been there in about five three four years now but um yeah, we are not it, uh, sponsored by Bob's. But we are if not. Like to, we would not. Yeah. We would definitely take their dirty bammer money. But uh, <laughs> I would uh, just take three weeks. Well, I don't live yeah, in Auburn most, anymore. Most of the most of the Baumhauers have Alabama memorabilia, or they used to inside. Ours was the exception, and of course, it has both inside of it. Right. Uh, yeah, I know the one in Huntsville has both. It's like when you buy a really good sweatshirt. It's it is yours and your wife's. But if mm. she were to buy a cool sweatshirt, it's, it's never just yours. Hers. It's just hers. Yeah. yeah. That's like. Mostly because hers are probably too small. Exactly. Just like a small minded former Alabama player. I don't, I so, don't know. I, I, I don't know, Bob. He's probably cool. LSU's Anybody. offense is terrible. They are the third worst success rate in the conference. They are a really bad rushing team. Um, yeah. yeah. We've gotten used to LSU just kind of pumping out running backs to the NFL. Well, they had a couple, but they don't anymore. Right. One one of them, they're out. One's hurt and one's just out for eligibility reasons, right? Is that the guy who transferred from Oklahoma and then didn't and then did? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? Like He transferred from Oklahoma and then he went back and he he transferred again. I don't think he's eligible to play right now. Yeah, what was that? Anyway, that's that's neither. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, LSU averaging just 85 yards per game on the ground right now, less than four yards to carry, and it's not like they've faced Murderer's Row. No, they've played some UCLA to open the season, which has been UCLA has been a better team than we thought, but you would still think LSU could push them around. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what, McNeese, Central Michigan, and Mississippi State, uh, nobody who you really should be scared McNeese. of. McNeese, Ryan's beloved Mississippi State. Uh, who who? Who did UCLA just lose to last week? Uh, like Stanford? I think they beat Stanford. They lost to somebody they had no business losing to. I believe it. They got drunk and threw up in the punch bowl. Uh, <laughs> oh, they lost to like. Fresno State. Fresno State. They lost State. to Fresno That's, State two weeks ago. And That's beat who it Stanford was. This past. They lost to Fresno State. Um, they ranked Fresno, by the way. So Fresno has a transitive win over LSU. Um, but so they're throwing the ball a ton because they cannot run yeah. it. Uh, and they they also their quarterback, their starting quarterback's hurt. So they're playing their backup, Max Johnson. 
I mean, he's played the whole year. Their yeah. their other quarterback broke his arm before the season started. Right. Uh, so like yeah, falling down the stairs or something. Like a, I bet you it wasn't getting hit by a scooter though. Was it a Steve Prefontaine kind of thing? <laughs> no, he didn't die in a car accident. No, no, God. Where one story is, he jumped off a, a balcony into a pool and oh, hit his foot on the gotcha. side of the pool. And then another is that he was performing a, a carnal acts with a, a lady in some strange way and uh, fell and hurt his foot. This is the two different Prefontaine movies, I think, have the two different. Yeah, and those yeah. are both like based on stories of what, yeah. was, what, what was said to have happened. So. so I don't think either one of those happened, but... Uh, There's one Max that's really Johnson. good and one that's terrible. His name is Max Johnson. <laughs> His name is Max Johnson, Ryan. So you don't know. Uh, so they have a receiver, uh, Keishon Boutte, who... <laughs> also a great name. Come on. <laughs> it is a great name. That, um, that's a perfect one. So yeah. Max Johnson gives it to Boutte <laughs> and for eight touchdowns so far, year, so far this year and is... Responsible for almost all of their touchdowns against Power Five opponents, legitimately. Well, just got to stop him then. <laughs> like legitimately, he has five of their seven touchdowns against P Five opponents this year. Did they not have good wide receivers? I thought they did. Right. All of the guys that were there in the Burrow year have has phased, have phased out by now. They all sat out last year. Chase, Justin Jefferson, oh, just uh, uh, who was the other Terrence Marshall last year? Uh, or uh, Ryan Ed Orgeron is a coach that uh, known for recruiting. Once uh, took a Ole Miss program that wasn't very good and somehow made them worse, but had really better, had a lot better players somehow. Uh, like they were and, bad, and they're uh-huh. but they were bad, like really bad. But the cupboard was full for Houston Nut. Like there were That's guys true. on that team that were Dexter legitimately McCluster. great, uh, and you're like, yeah. wait. How was this team so bad at Houston Nutt? Because Houston Nutt yeah. took him to a bowl game. That's right. Houston Nutt rolled up in there and won 10 games his first year, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. 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 So, um. Just happened. Uh, just happened, people. To 10 games. I know. I know you probably don't remember this ancient history, so I just thought I'd fill you in. I appreciate it. Yeah. Houston Dale Nutt. Houston Dale Nutt. Brother, his name, his brother's name, I kid you not, I think I mentioned it on the pod before, Dickie Nutt. Nothing he better. was the he was the head coach at Arkansas Pine Bluff. Chief, would you be able to get bring, to this podcast if uh, if if Houston Nutt was coaching Max Johnson throwing to Sean Boutte? I don't know. I don't know if we could all get through it. Whew. We're all just, um, just seventh grade boys hosting this podcast. <laughs> Look, that's, those are just good names. I don't know what you're talking about. I love so, Houston Nutt, by the way. Also a uh, Boise State head coach at one point in time. No way. Was he? That's an incredible stat. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a fun fact. 1997, before he went to Arkansas, Houston Nutt, Boise State head coach. I bet that one is year. all he and Brian Harson have year. in common in this world. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird because he is head, there. Head like... coach of Murray State from 93 to 96, Boise State for 97, Arkansas from 98. How did he get out there? Because he is an Arkansas dude. Like they, like their whole family's from the state of Arkansas. they like – I think their dad was some sort of coach in the state of Arkansas. Some sort of coach. Well, and, and do you know who uh, replaced him after he went to Arkansas? Uh, uh, but Peterson. Nope. Jesus. There's uh, two guys in between there. Dirk Cutter uh, of Falcons fame. Oh, Dirk wow. Cutter sounds like a, a porn star name. Every time <laughs> I hear it, I think that. Dirk Cutter. And then uh, y- y'all's coach. favorite, uh, Dan Hawkins. 
after Dirk Cutter. Uh, hey, man, that ain't intramurals. <laughs> Dirk Cutter 12. would be a great name for a uh, um, a rabbi that just did brisses. It's, kind of, it's called a moyle. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's the name of the there. rabbi who does brisses. Um, the LSU defense is not good against the run. They got pushed around by the yeah. UCLA Bruins, gave up almost five yards a carry to Mississippi State and UCLA. Mississippi State, a team that does not run the ball, ran it five yards a carry. Yeah, okay, I'm feeling better. Feeling better about this this uh, this game than I did last previously. week was a fluke. It, yeah. it, I, I, as we walked out of the stadium, I said, "Make it your Mercer, not your Jacksonville State." Three p.m. is the new eleven a.m. That's what I said. Uh, Guys, about, around about halftime. Here's what's going to happen: Auburn's going to beat LSU by fourteen points. They're going to fire Ed, they're going to fire Ed Orgeron, and they're going to hire Lane Kiffin, and Lane Kiffin's going to have LSU's athletes. And they're going to be so good <laughs> for about for, two years. For, 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 well, well, no, no, no. Specifically, Lane Kiffin is going to get uh, Louisiana defensive backs. Yeah, I, I think I, I think that works for three years max before the wheels Look, fall off. But, uh, in, in but years, whoever comes in after that team. is going to be stacked with talent, <laughs> just completely stacked with it. They're going to score eighty points a game for three years. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, probably. Because all he's going to do is go, hey, why haven't we ever had a quarterback at this school besides Joe Burrow? Hey, they had uh, Jamarcus uh, Russell. Think about LSU has long been like University of Texas in that you're like, how how do they just keep not having a quarterback? That's true. Sense. They haven't really Les had Miles, any, any Miles very had, spectacular, right? It, it, yeah. They had Jamarcus Russell and then – Yeah, Matt Flynn. It was always a white guy you've never you would never be scared of that uh, would lead them to a national was, champion. Was one of the Jefferson brothers played Matt for Flynn this? had a longer NFL career than Jamarcus Russell, just for the record. I almost did, Chief. I almost had <laughs> I a longer NFL career than Jamarcus uh, Russell. Jamarcus yeah, Russell uh, probably made Jefferson more money for a couple of those oh. years too. Okay. Guys. Prediction. Jordan Jefferson. Forget about him. Jordan Jefferson uh, did not play quarterback. He played receiver. No, I'm thinking yeah, Justin of, Jefferson. His younger brother played receiver. Right. Yes. Jordan, Jordan Jefferson, Jefferson was yeah. the was the quarterback. Man, he wasn't very good either, man. No, it's the, he was one of those guys that was yeah. supposed to be good, and then they they had the dude that was they had the dude that was good, and then uh, got kicked off the team and went to JSU. <laughs> uh, Paralu, God, that's Ryan Paralu. Paralu. Ryan Lou Paralu. That's right. He didn't actually tear it up at JSU. He was supposed to be the next enough. Vince Young. He was one of the many next next Vince Youngs. He did okay at JSU. Just he didn't like light. You know, they didn't make a national championship game. Guys, the Cowboys are going to win this game. It is forty-one to fourteen in the fourth. Wow. The Eagles are Jacksonville State. How happening. about them boys? Um, State was in the Falcons. All right, here we go. Ryan, prediction for the game. I'm putting you on the spot. We don't ever do this for the show, but we're doing it right now. My prediction is that I'm going to have the best tailgate food I've ever had. Chief, prediction for the game. I hope you're not as uh, uh, disappointed as I was in my trip to Baton Rouge. Um, I've got family down there. I'm, I'm pretty excited. Crow, it was uh, 22 years ago, and I was in a um, cornfield in Piedmont, Alabama. 
at listening to uh, I, I probably the first half because I believe it was a two thirty game, and the last time that we beat them, uh, Bengal Tigers down in Baton Rouge, and we've come close many times since and haven't uh, haven't pulled it off. So um, as I've done for maybe every year in the intervening twenty two years, I'm going to predict that we win this game. And um, we're going to do it uh, with T.J. Finley at quarterback, whether he starts the game or not. And uh, I think uh, I think we win by two touchdowns. So there we go. Are we going to play him on the field every play? I hope. I Auburn hope. is going to win this game, and they're going to win it 31 31- 14. You heard it here first. 31 14. That's, that's not a prediction. That's what it's going to be. Everybody have a War Eagle weekend. <laughs>